Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects Podcast. It's been a multi-week hiatus, but we're, we're trying to get back into it. We've got some interviews that are going to be dropping over the next couple of weeks. Ryan has done a fantastic job of getting those in. I'm Joe DeLeo, and here with NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts. Ryan, how are we doing today? I'm good, Joe. I'm so happy that you can make time for me today, man. It's, oh, it's a pleasure. Stop it's a, it. It's a pleasure, stop. man. It's a well, pleasure to see you. It, it's not like I'm not making time for you, man. We're, we're also recording the first team, which is going to air on Stadium this week. That's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, we're, we're, luckily, we're, uh, luckily, Matt Sims is on it, so he he could be the uh, the good looking guy on the, <laughs> on the three of us. So, yeah, who who would have thought our two ugly faces would have been put on TV? But yet here we are. <laughs> I, I've been told many times in my life that I have a face for radio, so I'm excited to get on the big screen, man. Well, all those terrible people can suck it now that we're <laughs> officially really we, we've officially. Uh, I'm taking a victory lap this this week, and um. You know, it's what better way to celebrate than hopping on and talking about yeah. draft prospects. You, you know, Joe, my my, I told my mother-in-law that we were going to be on stadium and she mm-hmm. said, this is a direct quote, to talk about football? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. People, people listen to football, believe it or not. But, did she yeah. know what stadium was? I think so. I think she did, yeah. yeah. What else would yeah. we be on there for? It's a, it's I don't a know. She, she, she finds it so weird that I make a living off of football, so it's pretty hysterical. Mm. I think uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> well, we continue to defy the the odds, Ryan. Uh, and today we're going to talk about some guys that have defied the odds and starting to rise up over the the month of September. Good kind of check in. So we took the past couple of weeks off because we've been trying to launch the first team show and had a lot of other things on our our collective plates. But um, it kind of allows us to take a instead of a week by week look, a grand look at the scope of of these prospects and we've got three guys that two that are creating buzz one that i want to have like a reality check on because everyone's freaking out about uh but before we get to them i want to tell you folks about bet online football is back but online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and your continued source for all of your sports wagering info bet online features live betting free contests live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan. Um, the first, let's start, let's talk about the two positive guys first. So, Yep. The the one that you texted me about was Olo Fashino, who is the Ohio State offensive lineman, or not Penn State Penn offensive State. lineman, sorry. 
mm-hmm. uh, Big Ten team that's ranked. So same difference. Um, I hope I'm correctly pronouncing that. But eh. two, well, how, how do you think it is pronounced? O- Olu Fashanu. Olu Fashanu. Are you? Do you know that for sure? Or are you? I, yes, I know that for sure. Okay. Yep. Did you personally ask him? <laughs> I, I know somebody. I, I know somebody in the Penn State uh, Penn State oh. recruiting office. So I've talked okay. to him about Olu in the past. So. so Olu Fashanu is a part of a surging Penn State team. Now there is speculation that Penn State maybe crashes down to reality once they have a little bit more of a difficult schedule, but they're playing better than I think a lot of people have expected. And what has propelled this team is their offensive line play and their run game and Sean Clifford not having to do a whole lot, not having to be pressured. Shocking how good your team can play when when Sean Clifford <laughs> isn't you know forced to do too much. But Olufashanu has been, you know, a real bright spot. And I keep seeing, you know, the the many smaller draft analysts that tweet out clips and such tweeting mm-hmm. about him. So you texted yes. me that you wanted to talk about him. What has brought him to your attention so far? Because he's a big dude and he looks fantastic so far this season. Shout out to Corey Cannon on this one, Joe. He was the first person that I know of that talked about Olu. And he actually uh, he actually started, I believe, the last game of last season at the bowl game. And then he obviously, with Rasheed Walker graduating into the NFL, he has now taken over the full job as the left tackle. I mean, to be very honest, man, some of the rarest core strength that I think I've ever seen. Like, he can just stall dudes at the point of attack as a pass rusher. This kid is... 6'6", 320 pounds, and it's just a great-looking 320 pounds, man. Long, strong, good feet. Everything is working there for an Olu Fashana because we know left tackle is the most paramount spot is to be a great pass protector, and that's what Olu Fashana is. He needs work in the run game. It's not all the way there, but, Joe, when you kind of look – when you kind of, like, pull back the curtain or peel, peel the layers of this onion for, for an Olufushanu. There is an interesting backstory. And I think that's why we need to talk about him is he was originally from, I think his family is originally from Nigeria. He came over, didn't play high school football until I think his junior year of high school mm-hmm. still managed to get a, to get an offer, obviously to Penn state amongst other schools. Now as a redshirt sophomore, he is eligible for this year's draft. And I'm here to tell you this. There is a possibility because Peter Skronsky has been good. Paris Johnson has taken a step up, but there's still some uncertainty as far as what the pecking order of offensive tackle looks like. There is a real world where Olu Fashanu is the first offensive tackle off the board, Joe. I'm going to wow. put that in this universe. There is. I actually talked to a scout two days ago who asked me if I had seen him yet, and he said, yeah, the dude's going to – he's going to be a guy. He's going to be a guy in next year's class if he comes out. Only – 19 years old. He does not turn 20 until he's, December. He's 19 and he's a he red tur- shirt sophomore? Doesn't what? turn 20 until December. We have his date on the on the database. He is Holy 19 God. years old right now, Joe. And I'm told directly by someone from Penn State that helped recruit him that my guy at 320 pounds has a six-pack. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so we, we've got Evan Neal Shades is what you're saying with, with, with Fashanu, who was projected as the first – tackle last year didn't go first but he's kind of in that same vein of like freaky athlete freaky build for for a guy of his size 
Just freaky core strength, man. Like it made so much sense when he told me that he had a six pack. Cause like, that's a weird note. But like, when you see the core strength that he plays with, you're like, Oh, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, it kid's like a tree trunk, man. Like he just does not move off of his spot. So I'm told that he's going to test really well. He's a young kid. He's hasn't, I mean, he's only started. What are we in game? We just finished up like game four or five, depending yeah. on what, what, what your team is. Right. So, I mean, he has started literally like five or six football games in his career, but it's so exciting because he's young, he's athletic, he's long, and it's already there in pass protection wise. So, I mean, everything's there, man. He is a big riser in the offensive tackle group. And there is a reality where Olu Fashanu rides the momentum, potentially to be the first offensive tackle off the board next April. It's very possible. I completely forgot what was it, what I was just going to say about Sean. <laughs> oh, uh, so you said that is is the tree trunk your comp for him? Or is yes, you can't get you can't what, once he digs in, Joe. You can't get him out of the ground, man. What, what, would, the comp, what would the comp be if you actually had to give one? Or you, you use it too early? It's it's probably a little too early. I mean, pick your pick your offensive tackle that has incredible core strength. Like, who are we thinking about? Trent Williams? Like, no, I don't want to compare anybody to Trent Williams. That would not be fair. Maybe, to maybe, him. Is is Evan Neal the easy one to do? Evan Neal's decent. I actually think that he's a little more flexible than Evan was, though. No, but like Evan was longer. Evan was more explosive. Like Evan was a freak of nature, but he might be more flexible than Evan Neal even was. So I don't know if I have a great comp yet. I'll think on that one, though. There's got to be somebody out there that's pretty good. The second guy that you wanted to bring up is on another surging team, albeit they've already crashed down to reality (laughs) after they lost to UCLA. Uh, Washington has had a really good defense. Michael Penix has been brought up as a name that is apparently now on on some NFL radars, which I know that you are you are going to hate. Um, <laughs> but Braylon Trice yep. on that defense has been the lead guy as an edge rusher. That team defensively has had put up some really good performances, and I point directly to especially that Michigan State game, which is a which is a good opponent. That's a very highly competitive opponent to go against and to to play the, the way that they did watching trice for washington and i know washington has put out a couple of good guys lately what attracted you to to him that you wanted to bring him up over september he he's got an interesting profile joe because i mean he plays on a defensive line when you have i mean he has jeremiah martin at defensive end who i think was a former texas a&m transfer number three and then they have ztf zion however you pronounce his last name the hyphenated name who was highly touted and then last year got hurt was injured missed majority of the season after a torn achilles comes back and he's still getting a little bit of fanfare but this Trice kid's better than all of them. He's he's better than ZTF. He is the best edge rusher on this Washington team, in my opinion. You look at his profile, his recruiting background, he was only like a three-star recruit. He wasn't like this crazy recruiting ranking guy, even though I know for a fact that Notre Dame wanted Braylon Trice in the worst possible ways, man. Like he was a he really Washington. Yes, he picked Washington. I, I, he's got to be a West Coast kid, right? I don't even have it in front of me, but let, let's let's look this up real quick. He's got to be like a California or Washington kid, or right. So he's from Phoenix, Arizona. So yeah, he's a West Coast guy. So, but Joe, this kid. So number eight is Braylon Trice on the defense. So far, I think he has seven tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. So he's been very productive so far this season. Six four, two hundred sixty nine pounds, well put together kid. Actually had some flashes last year in the 2021 season. He is a third-year player 
redshirt sophomore. Actually, he might be a fourth-year player, but this is only his second year of playing time, so he's technically a redshirt sophomore mm-hmm. because he had a redshirt and then he had the COVID year. So he's second-year el- He's got he's a fourth-year player, but he's got second-year eligibility, which means he is technically he is technically. A, a possible entry into the 2023 NFL draft if he chooses. And I'm again, I've been talking a lot with Corey Kinnon about this one. I think that this kid could be a top 50 pick. Like I think that he's, he's that talented. He is that talented. Six, four, 269, good body looks the part really, really good hands, man. And he has a plan of attack and he, I wouldn't call him the bendiest guy of all time, but I think his ankles are flexible enough and he just knows how to get his body tilted in the right position, uh, right position, man. Like he's a Nick Bosa style of rusher, not comparing mm-hmm. him to Nick Bosa, but Nick right. Bosa wasn't the bendiest guy ever, but he got his, he got his lower body aligned to the quarterback and was able to still reduce rush angles. That's the biggest thing with Braylon Trice is that he can reduce rush angles, man. And he is a winner with great hands and good footwork. So I'm in on Braylon Trice, man. In on him. He he is he's been one of the biggest eye openers for me because I didn't know much about him before the season. To be honest, like I knew him from his recruiting background, but I didn't know much about him from a football playing perspective for Washington. And he has had a big start to the season so far. It's going to be a tricky for a guy like Trice. I will say though to like crack his way into the top of the edge class because like we talked about this a while ago. Like this is a good edge class. Like there's a lot sure. of guys that are going to go top fifty. So for him to fit into that mix, it's a little bit of an uphill battle. But you know, it's certainly on the table. It sounds like from what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Joe. Like I'm looking at the like the edge list right now. Like I, I mean, if we're talking about. He's not going to go over Will Anderson, obviously. Miles Murphy, no, he's not going to go over Miles Murphy. Isaiah Foskey's been uneven so far for Notre Dame. He's been good in spurts. He's been average in other spurts. I'm not saying that Braylon Trice is going to go higher than Isaiah Foskey. I don't believe that. But all I'm saying is that it's a conversation, actually. Like, you're starting to have a conversation. I would take him before Nolan Smith from Georgia. I personally would. Some people probably would not. That, so the question now is, is he the fifth defensive end? Is he the sixth? Is he seventh? Because then you have guys like Tyree Wilson from Texas A&M. I mean, sorry, from Texas Tech. He was transferred from Texas A&M. Talented football player. Will McDonald from Iowa State, more of a lightly built stand-up rusher. And you have guys like Andre Carter from Army, a little bit of the same. Jared Verse is a kid that we also could have mm-hmm. talked about today who's been dynamic for Florida State, the transfer from Albany who I know has been dealing with an injury over the last couple games, but I mean, his LSU tape was some of the best that I've seen over the last couple of years. So I do think it's a little wide open after the top two or three, though. I think that Braylon Trice has an opportunity. If he continues the momentum throughout the year, he could be a guy that we're ex- exclusively using in second and third round mock drafts before April comes around. So the last guy that I want to bring up, Ryan, is, is somebody who – very recently has actually been mocked as a first overall pick. And I'm, I'm talking about Will <laughs> Was Levis. that ESPN? Was that ESPN? Uh, I forget, that? but it might have been CBS. But It was CBS. You're right. You're he he right. keeps getting – Will Levis from Kentucky, their starting quarterback, keeps getting discussed as a first-round top 10 pick. And that was what the, the speculation was before the season. But somehow, oddly enough, his draft stock has improved. And I, I was watching mm-hmm. the Kentucky Old Miss game, and Todd McShay – they cut to him on the sideline and he was talking about how, you know, the scouts really love his personality and he's like a, he's a leader type guy and he's a team first guy and he's the guy that you want in the locker room and like all that stuff is leading some teams to prioritize him as quarterback one in this upcoming class. And with any draft class, especially after a down year quarterback, this stuff is going to get talked about a lot. 
And I have to say, Ryan, having watched Will Levis so far and getting to see him so far this season, I'm not saying I'm out on him, but I don't think that the sudden justified draft stock increase is there. It's It no. doesn't make sense to me because I've watched him in these games against Florida and and also against Ole Miss where he's just making silly mistakes and mm-hmm. he's not – He's also hasn't put up like a really good statistical performance. I know that stats don't mean everything in in draft projection, but like his completion percentage is crap. His QBR is crap. He's turning the ball over a lot. His decision-making is really head-scratching, and that has always been the issue. And I point to the most recent one that happened, and and I talked about this on my live stream, the old Miss game where at the very end of the game, like he doesn't sense pressure that's right in his face. He – doesn't hang on to the football. He gives up a fumble that cost them a game after they drove down and almost won the game. And mm-hmm. those types of plays, I don't know if I'm willing to take a guy like that in the top 15. He's got the traits, but I'm yep. yet to see a win because of quarterback. That's not what I get with him. I get shades of Daniel Jones, who's, you know, I think Will Levis is a better prospect athletically, but the mm-hmm. same thing with Daniel Jones, where like if if Daniel had the, you know, the right, the right instincts between his ears, he'd be a much better quarterback because he's got the traits. He's a good athlete. He's, the arm is there, but he just doesn't have the instincts. And I'm not seeing any of that with Will Levis. I'm seeing the same crap where just turnover prone and, and head scratching decisions. Has he been better this year than he was last year? Like that's where I start he's with. Stagnant. Right? He's very stagnant. Yeah. And, and that's troublesome to me, Joe, because I was excited about Will Levis. You know, I was like very, like hesitant on Will Levis, but also excited about him in the summer because I'm like, I could see it. Like, right? Like, he's 6'3, 230 pounds, good athlete, sh- cannon for an arm, silly flexibility in his upper half. Like, cool, man. I can get there. I can get there with him. But the problem is that he only started one year last year, and you're like, okay, he's going to progress. Like, easy maturation, right? He's only started for one year. Sure. Well, now we're in year two, and there really hasn't been a exponential climb yet, right? Like there hasn't been it. And then that gets you worried because also Will Levis is going to be a 24 year old rookie, right? Mm -hmm. So you're getting into this gray area of, yes, he hasn't played a ton of football, but also his age isn't lining up with the lack of experience either. So if he doesn't start progressing in the second half of the season, I'm going to question how much he'll be able to take a step forward at the next level. I will take, I will make that question because there's always going to be some things that you can point to. Wondell Robinson's, not with the program anymore, right? The offensive line had a massive rebuild over this offseason. You lost both your starting offensive tackles. Like I get it. Yeah, and their offensive line's been a mess. They've given up yes. like some of the most interior rushes. Like their guards are not good, which is something yeah. he can't control. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so things around him aren't perfect, all that being said. But still, I, I don't think that you're seeing the growth from a processing perspective, right? Like I don't think it's all just bad around him. And that's the reason he's struggling. It's not like he's putting dimes on dudes and they're just dropping the football, right? Like that's not the case. He's making some bonehead decisions, holding the ball too long, doing things like that. And we, I hope that it kind of gets remedied a little bit in the second half of the season. Cause again, is he a first round level talent? For yeah, sure. Yeah, like for sure. No one doubts that, 
But I think that we can have the same conversation about Anthony Richardson right now, right? Anthony Richardson just isn't that guy yet. They're just not that yet. I and mean, I, it's I just, honestly, and I don't, I don't know if you are going to like this or not, Ryan. I would yeah. take Anthony Richardson over Will Levis right now because I've at least watched Anthony Richardson. All be he is so fuck freaking volatile. It's <laughs> it's it's either really freaking good or really freaking bad. And yeah, when he's really good, he takes over games. He did it against yes. Tennessee and he did it against Utah. He's capable of doing that, and I. I know that if and he's younger, you give him a yep. little time, and I think you can maybe tap into that and get that type of a player. I don't. I haven't seen Will Levis do that once. Once, yeah. yeah. Joe, I, I think there's two outcomes with the Will Levis, right? One, the guy that everyone's going to point to is Josh Allen, and I hate the comp because Josh Allen's like Josh Allen physically is about as gifted a quarterback as is ever well we've ever seen come out of college. Like just mm-hmm. a stupid talent. He landed in the perfect situation. But if Will Levis if Will Levis does land in a perfect situation, I don't think he's like helpless. Like I think that there's a possibility that he could be that guy. Now, again, not Josh Allen, but like a guy. But then the other one, Joe and I made this comp on Twitter like last week. He reminds me a lot of Jake Locker, man. He does, and I just can't get that out of my mind because a lot of the same issues Jake had yeah. are what Will is struggling with right now: lack of ability to change arm speeds bad reads it's just there's a mechanical nature to will levis right now that scares the hell out of me the only reason why i push back i Mm -hmm. the rest of those things that you pointed out are correct the only reason why i don't like the jake locker comp is because jake locker didn't give a shit and he retired (laughs) early because he didn't care didn't he get hurt was he getting hurt though he was he he was getting hurt but like like how many guys have we seen battle through injuries and just keep playing because they love football? Like the oh uh, here we go here we go Joe Joe's back to the love of football thing right? What? Oh but you gotta no, play it's, through it's, it. But it's no no no. But it's a good point that like I think a lot of people could agree. Like if you had a conversation with Jake Locker, like that was the sentiment. It was like Josh Rosen esque where he didn't really care. Like he was just there because yeah. he was talented and he was getting offered a contract and he was going to get drafted early and he would have bounced around as long as he needed to if 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 it was paying bills and you know, he could get that salary, but like, I think at least I got to give Will Levis the benefit of the doubt. I think he has the desire to be good and has the desire to like lead his team. And there's a reason why the character stuff has been brought up a million times. Like this is a, he's a great locker room guy. He's like the, you know, the shit that you hear on all these talk of all time. Right. It's, it's just like the most like not baseless, but it's just such a lazy, like just random fact to throw in there. I mean, cause it, cause it matters, but like that shouldn't be what you have to lead with. Right. Like that usually means that he's struggling and that like he's not playing up to the quality of play that he should be. But um, exactly. So, but like, I don't want to I don't want to call him locker because I think he cares a little bit more, but I do agree that the talent is there, but the, in the inability to properly use it is, is comparable to Jake locker. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just think that he's a very volatile kid, man. And it's, it's, it's scary, Joe. Like, honestly, he's, he's the type of player. I'll tell you what I ultimately think about him when I see where he gets drafted to. I'll be honest, man. And like some guys, some players, like no matter where Trevor Lawrence got drafted to, I would have felt that he could make the best of a bad situation, right? Bad situation, good situation. I think he could have came out on the other side. Will Levis is not a guy, and that's no pushback against his his want to, right? Like his urgency yeah. to be great. That's not. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is that you need a offensive coordinator and a head coach and a culture around Will Levis that accentuates him and lets him be great. And if he doesn't, then 
He's going to fail. The opinion. only team that I see that is fits that where like I also would add in there they need to have a good offensive line. They need to have a good run game. That yep. is it, that he doesn't need to do everything in his first year, and that's going to stunt his his development. The Lions are the only team that makes sense. It's the only one. team that makes sense. Because you, you're talking about you culture, know who, like he fits like that hard nose. Like he seems like a Dan Campbell guy. He does, he does seem like a Dan Campbell guy. He does seem like a Dan Campbell guy. You know what team I would love to see him on, but it will never happen now with what happened last draft. I would love to see him with the Steelers. I would, man. I would uh, love to see him in Pittsburgh. I think he fits that just. If only they drafted Kenyon so well. Green or, or someone like like a good, inter- like or, or a Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, instead of it was Kenny Pickett. such an easy pick, man. It was such an easy pick. See, I'm not trying to shit on Kenny Pickett for a second, but like, did you see through three interceptions in his first game? <laughs> Dude, there are so many apologists. I I made it. We'll wrap with this. I, I made yeah. like a I made like a TikTok and I put it on the YouTube channel and our our um our Instagram channel and our Instagram account and it, it got like a like a few thousand views on each and the 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 amount of apologists for that kid. That throw, that first throw that he had, that pick, everyone was like, yep. oh, well, if Claypool caught it, you know, that we wouldn't be talking about it. He threw in a double coverage. Like, that's yes. not supposed to be something that, like, we're supposed to be excusing. Like, there's probably, if you pulled up the film, probably someone who's a lot more wide open on that play. I, I'm not, like, I've never been in on Kenny Pickett, so it's not like I'm suddenly, like, sure. out on him. But yeah. the, two years, they're going to be drafting somebody else. I, I think so. I think so. I mean, because that that was what that was what was so flawed with that draft class, Joe. I mean, you remember why I talked about it? I was like, there was a point where I got in on Kenny Pickett because I'm like, okay, because I was fully out on Kenny Pickett before the season, and then like halfway through, I'm like, cool, day day two quarterback, third rounds, I can get there with Kenny Pickett for sure. And then he bolts into a top twenty pick. It's just like, no, man, no, he was never that. You set the kid up for failure, and it stinks for him. Yeah. Set him up for failure, and he he's gonna be the the. He's gonna be the guy that everyone dick rides because he's just like, oh, he's from Pittsburgh and he seems like such a great guy, but like, not very good. <laughs> yes, be honest yeah. with ourselves. Yeah. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft NFL Draft Prospects Pod presented by Bet Online. Uh, interview that might drop this week. I'll check out the first team. Y'all know the drill, and we'll we're gonna get into a better schedule. That's that's all we're gonna promise. Oh, we have. All right, enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. 